Hello, friends. This is Jeremy Greer coming to tell you that the best way to support this podcast is at patreon.com slash duckthetv. Each and every single person that does that is super, super appreciated. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the first of two episodes uh, that will cover Dark Phoenix, and then we'll be on to our format change. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please refer to the last episode, number 81. Go listen to us talk all about podcasts. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the episode. Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I cover all things X-Men. And we are here to talk mm-hmm. about the latest and final X-Men movie from one particular studio, Dark Phoenix. How mm-hmm. are you? How are you doing, Gary? I'm well. Well, I woke up, made myself a good breakfast. You know? Good brekkie. Once in a while I make myself a good brekkie. You know, uh uh had a good breakfast, um, all caffeinated up. Word. Gonna go see a go see a movie in the cinema, uh, cinemar as they might say mm-hmm. uh, in in Britain mm-hmm. later, and uh, I'm excited to uh, talk about this movie, which I rewatched and was I was surprised to be like, oh yeah, this was this is good. Yeah, this like is a, it. this is a solid X Men movie. Uh, yeah, I like certainly it. things I think are dumb. Like there's certainly bad things about it. Uh, yeah, there a lot of but, there's not to say like it's a good it's an okay X Men movie with some really egregious like shit in it. Um, yes, uh, I went to. I was pretty excited about this movie. Autumn was out of town. Um, she was going to be out of town for a while. Uh, we had weekend plans for when she would, would be back in town. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that thing where a guy goes to the movies by himself. So I went to the movies mm-hmm. by myself and it was super fun. <laughs> like if I just, mm-hmm. I, it's a thing that I don't do very often that I'd forgotten that I enjoyed. And I had a good time watching this movie in the theater with basically two other people in it. Like that was, yep. that was it. Yep. Uh, me, me too. Um, and, uh, you know, on second watch, like it is the worst thing I can say about it, uh, or the two worst things I can say about it is like one on to a degree, we have seen a lot of this stuff before mm-hmm. there are familiar rhythms in this movie. And this being the fourth one in this like sub franchise makes that especially like, okay, you know, some of these things we, we have done before. Uh, the other thing is, I think this is a little bit confused in its messaging, you know, like I feel like at one point, uh, and this had a really troubled production at one point, this was two movies. Um, you know, they're going to do this as a two-parter. They had a lot of this changed a lot. Um, but a lot of, uh, the payoff, I think specifically for Charles Xavier's arc, uh, in this is messy, uh, like extremely messy. One of the messiest things they've done in this franchise, (laughs) um, because it is, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, Charles fucked up by his handling of Jean Grey, good, fine, great. Yes, he did. It's, it's been done before. What this movie wants us to think about that or how it wants us to handle that is very weird. Um, there is a, uh, a plot in the first half of the movie about his ego that gets dropped, uh, is, is like, is literally like, you know, red carpet, uh, kind of ego and fame of mutant kind and stuff that is really interesting, um, that goes away. And then later it becomes, a, a redemption thing for him about how he actually is really, really good to Gene. It's like, it's weird. It like asks the question, like, Hey, is maybe you should you know 
maybe this guy was not actually so great. And then answered it with, well, well actually he was pretty great. Actually, actually, you know uh, what, guys, we can't say anything bad about Xavier. Like Marvel yeah. told us that. Um. Well, well, I mean, it's that, but also in this movie, like the things it presents are things that actually happened. Yeah. Right. Like he's, he's not so bad in this. Like he made, he made a fuck up, but it needed to be, it, they treat it like it's not like, a, like it's like, it's a major fuck up, even though it was a smaller fuck up than, you know, then then it ultimately ends up being, and that's the problem you with know, cutting that ego plotline pretty short, which is exactly where, is, is where like, and I think that's also the problem with uh, killing Mystique so early. Mystique Mystique's was, character in this makes no fucking sense. She was going to be the 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 I think the pilot on that ego plot and like really call yeah. Xavier to task, and then instead she gets killed pretty early, and then everybody's just sad about her. And yeah, I, and I think that there was something with Jennifer Lawrence and her character. She didn't want to come back or whatever. Like, like you said, there's a lot of production problems that I didn't really bother mm-hmm. to look up because I just don't care that much. Um, I, I, I wish we had gotten more of that because the stuff that it substituted for just is just kind of your baseline superhero bullshit story like people from space yeah. need a power to do the earth <laughs> like all of the space stuff is really pretty dumb and that also got uh kind of reconfigured part way through which we'll talk about when they show up um what you're what we're left with in this movie is a bunch of individual elements that i think work really well or not given any credit for working really well yeah. Like I think uh I think Sophie Turner turns in a like a wonderful performance during this. I think she's great mm-hmm. uh in it. Um I think all of the stuff with her and her kind of dealing with her past and stuff is genuinely like really touching and awesome. Me too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh this the status quos that it has, like this setup and for Magneto is really cool. Um I think that ego stuff is really cool individually. The scene where like Beast calls out Professor Xavier, as much as it the rest of the movie's not built around it is like a really good scene. Yes. You know, like we get a lot of like individually good performances and good uh, kind of character trajectories, but without having the scaffolding around it to hold it up. And if you remember, uh, like this movie gets compared to X-Men The Last Stand because it treads a lot of the same ground. But there was also that aspect to The Last Stand where you and I kind of dug the first half of it right yeah. like before it went totally off the rails we we're like actually there's some real solid building blocks of scenes and characters that are kind of interesting like this movie shouldn't mm-hmm. be quite as bashed as it is i mean and then you know the, the other 60 minutes happens and that's a very similar thing here there's a lot of good stuff that i really like in this movie and I, there's a lot of like wacky campy x-men stuff that we kind of haven't seen before that i'd really really like and again, like I'm kind of on record of being like, I want to see these students. Like I want to see some student drama with, with this being in this Institute. And we get some of that in this, like with the students reacting to the team. I, like I said, like you said, a lot of good building blocks, but not necessarily overall, just kind of a, eh, it's an X-Men time. And I think you and I always default to X-Men movies are the only place we get to go to the theater and go watch X-Men do X-Men things. So guess what? (laughs) You get to watch my butt in the chair during this. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's a, it's my, it's, these are my tropes. Like I will come here for them. Yes. Um, and it's a shame because those individual building blocks are so good. I wish that it built something more powerful and good. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. We're going to try to cover this in one. We don't always do that with movies. We're going to do our best. Um, so it starts, uh, with the traditional X-Men opening narration. Uh, this time it's Gene though, not uh, Charles Xavier. Um, and this is, you know, I was making fun of it during the last episode, but that's just like DNA, genetics, <laughs> perhaps the building blocks of our future are actually the stairs of our past. You know, th- this stuff is ridiculous. Uh, she's saying, uh, you know, who are we? Can we become something more? Are we just tools of other people? Which kind of plays into the theme. Um, but again, that doesn't really feel fired upon to me. 
Yeah, and when, it, when it comes back in um, at, towards the yeah. end of the movie, when she answers this at the end of the movie, it felt just kind of paper thin to me. Like, oh, I, yeah, I have cheesy. evolved past something more. Like, we're, we don't have to be this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know this whole thing is about evolving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we get we it. Know. <laughs> we, we know that evolution and genetics are a big, uh, big watchwords for this. Um, we start with Jean Grey's origin, uh, which this version has not been shown. Uh, before yeah this is 1975 she's driving in a vehicle with her parents and basically causes a car accident when her mutant powers kind of come into mm-hmm. play because she's stressed out about not being able to listen to the, the great country classics of 1975 yeah she wants to well first werewolves of london i was like yeah there there you go you go girl uh, and then you know it's, it's uh, moving around but she causes a very brutal looking car uh car crash mm-hmm. uh and she's able to protect herself with a telekinetic bubble but uh, her dad is very injured and her mother dies. Yes. And it's very clear. Uh, like, they us. specifically show that her dad is injured. He's still moving. And then uh, yep. we cut over to yeah. a, a hospital. And then like the, you know, the doctors are kind of amazed that, that she's has no cuts or no internal bleeding. Uh, and then Xavier, what must be hours or days later, comes in to talk to her as she's sitting on a chair and explains that both of her parents are dead and has yeah. this conversation with her that basically, you know, hey, you, you think that you are... Um, you're special. She, you're special. You know, and she and she's goes, like, special is like weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he goes, no, that can mean like significant. And then he goes, or cool. And I'm like, all right. Zane. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, How much cocaine I, I did also, you snort before you came to adopt the, the child, the parentless daughter? Yeah, like, <laughs> on his kid collecting quest. The, uh, he, um, I, I also think that that dialogue is awkward, but I like, I think this sounds like talking to a kid to me. Yeah. Like I, it's weird. Like I thought this part kind of well-written. Um, only if you think of it as talking to a little kid, you know, like, so he gives her a pen. He's like, you know, like, this is a gift. You can keep it. And once you have this, you can do anything. You could draw a cool picture or you could stab somebody in the eye, but like the pen is just a pen, you know? So basically Xavier coming out against gun control real hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really surprised to have that argument in this. It felt pretty tasteless, but you know, whatever. Um, but I think again, to explain something to a kid, you know, like I was like, oh, like I need to remember that this girl is, is eight. You yes. know, which which well, later when we get into kind of the moralizing of the you know whether Jean Grey should be allowed you know should be guilty or feel bad, like I got so frustrated by that because she's eight, shuts down everything. Yeah, she's fucking eight years old. Of course, it's not her fault. You fucking monster. Yeah. You know, she's eight, eight, and, and giving the uh, like it's okay to give her like the everybody poops version of the mutant speech. Like I think that's totally <laughs> fine. But everybody like, has uh, septic blasts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! We found we found Bizarro World Cyclops, and we didn't even need to. Septic blast! Cyclops! Septic blast! Septic blast. <laughs> Here's one from a pro professional plumber. Here's one from a prolapse. Oh no! Uh, septic blast. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, but I, you know, it. I, I I like this in theory, and then like what he is revealed to do later is just like so. You just had to put like the another cherry on this. Like you, she was so uncontrollable. Like, and I think that's what we don't see in this. She did this one thing, and then he adopts her. Yeah, and then she ta- he takes her to the school, and they kind of have a conversation of like, I can't go in there. I I ruin things, and I'm like, we actually haven't seen you ruin it except for just this one time. Like we, yeah, you, yeah. You, and granted, that was her entire life, so I get why she's saying it. But I wish we saw. Like her at twelve, literally destroyed half the school, right? And then Xavier, oh, yeah, Xavier yeah, yeah. would like, okay, I actually need to give you a mental block about this. Like, give totally, me- we need we need to see that. And the idea, the mental block uh, that he puts in, right? Like when later the rev- we're just going to get into spoilers because you know, the show is yeah. not spoiler free. Um, the the block he puts in is basically that your dad didn't want you. 
Like your dad lived and he got rid of you. And I think that's not like an uncompassionate act, right? Like it is called out as if like, that's so shitty that you lied about it. Yes. You know, but at the same time, like telling an eight year old, like, yeah, your dad's still alive. You love him. You're eight. He's your father. Yeah. He just but, doesn't want to. Like that's, and I, and I yeah. get, he's going to put you on a dissection table. So I'm going to take you. So you don't, you know, because he doesn't want to. I think that's actually like not horrible. I think the argument, like the, the feeling that Xavier has in this is like when she became an adult, like that's probably time to level with her or even a teenager, you know? like as, as she, as she comes yeah. of age, like, okay, look, I did this because you literally destroyed half the school because I tried to tell you that your dad was, was didn't want you anymore. And I had to yeah. do something about that. I had to protect myself while we gave you yes. the tools to be able to control this yourself. So let's start taking some of these walls down and you could start building your mental chassis yes, your back own walls. Up. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, your, your own, you know, therapy. You know, would be, you know, and, yeah, or literally and being, just take like, the girl to therapy. Like they have child psychologists yeah. in 1975. Xavier is the worst therapist. <laughs> like he is meant to be that for all these people. Like I'll help you Wolverine. I'll help you get past your rage and stuff. He's the worst therapist. Is he, he, you know, he just puts up mental, you know, he just, he does the shortcut and that is worthwhile. That is a good thing to criticize. You know, that he did that shortcut. I think that the idea in the comics when this is brought up is Xavier also didn't know what he was doing when he was young. Mm hmm. Like, and he was kind of arrogant thinking he could fix it this way. And it was a stop yap solution. And that's the, that's the condemnation. That's like the shitty thing. Yes. About Xavier. We just don't spend enough time on it in this movie. And it's because you know, they're like, trying to rush us to the good stuff, right? Like the, the next scene totally. is it, like, they have like the, to the set shitty this up. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're trying to rush us to these horrible aliens. The, um, um the, the other thing I wanted to call out is as she's going into the school, like he, she says something to the extent of, you know, she goes, Oh, you can fix me. And he goes, no, I can't fix you because you aren't broken. And that's going to be a theme that like is going to play out throughout all of this stuff of it's not Gene. Gary, how many times did they say it's not Gene in this? So quite a bit. It's good. It's it got to the point where I was like, well, we can't do it every time on the podcast. Like we're going to, we're going to kill the joke if it's not already fucking dead. So yeah, um, exactly. So we go from here, um, we get our logo treatment, uh, which I don't really like at all. Like it looks kind of mm-mm. bland and plain. And then we're in 1992 and a space mission is in trouble. Uh, Xavier yes. is basically telling Hank like, Hey, we got to go save this. And Hank is like, yep. for a variety of reasons, this is a terrible idea. Like not least of all that we yep. don't have a plane that's currently rated for space. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, and the, the, uh, and Xavier's like, no, we have to save them. Um, and the president, uh, Xavier call the president calls because the Xavier has a special X phone that goes only to the president. It doesn't have buttons. When you pick it up, it just calls the president. Uh, that is so funny. The ego, um, the ego, like man, as a kid, I was way dude, into it, but man, the ego of putting uh, the first, like imagine if I had a G phone to the president, right? Like how <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely Kanye West, like not to, you know, to bring that up, but like just having that, you're putting your name on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Except with Xavier. God, it's like I, way dorkier. I cannot wait till Xavier tries to make a comeback and does his uh, gospel school. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> the, return, the, the return of Jesus. Um, the the thing about this too, and how much like if this were two, if this movie were two parts, right? Like originally when uh, Chris Claremont was uh, consulted on this, um, he said it's two parts. The first movie is to make you fall in love with Jean, and the second movie is to take her away. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. How much, Jeremy? Like, how much did you want? Like, the, this is suggested that the X Men have been doing this shit for a while. Yes. Like it has been an escalating thing where Xavier is putting his people in more and more danger. Uh, he says, and arguably so, it is to improve mutants place in the world but also it's for his ego how much did you want to see that movie absolutely like man. Absolutely. where this like increasing number of like x-men missions where they keep taking more and more risk instead of just being told like this is the last one that breaks the camel's back or not even not like, even look because i know imagination is better than reality like nine times out of ten maybe not even the movie but just the montage 
right? Like yeah, yeah. Just, just opening credits, opening credit scene. And it's just the kids doing like, it's a two minute clip and you get to do wild ass X-Men shit. Like put some weird ass writers on it and go crazy with your CGI. Like the beginning of uh, the Watchmen movie. Yeah, right? sure. And, okay, and then put yeah. all kinds of cameos in there. Mm-hmm. Like here's where Proteus shows up. <laughs> You know, and you just have to do it as a CGI, like still. What if they? What right? if they like, just showed Nimrod for three seconds at the beginning of this movie? Totally You'd lose your fucking. Mind. I would love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would. I would love it. Legitimately, like here's you know here's uh characters from the fr- like here's the weird new Toad. We don't get to see him in this movie, but here's like the fight they did off screen between 1982 or whatever and 1992. Like that would be so cool. Uh, you know, here's a Mister Sinister. We'll wrap that up since like Sinister never like they hinted at Sinister showing up and they just made it an orphanage in Deadpool Deadpool two. You know, like doing those things, and I understand, you know, they didn't know the franchise was ending, so they didn't want to blow their load, yeah, yeah. but they wouldn't have to. Like, they could just do these, like, little aside suggested things. Um, in the, the one of the arcs I want to cover for New Days of Future Cast some, at some point is the Brian K. Vaughn uh, run of Ultimate X-Men, which I think is really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really, really good aside to it where uh, two of the teams are dealing with, like, this very small personal uh, story, and someone says, like, where's the rest of the team? And at the last panel on a page, you go, they're busy. And then you turn, it's a double page spread of them fighting, um, uh, what's his head, uh, uh, Warlock's dad, oh, like yeah. Magnus or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the entire, it's this amazing action thing. And then you just turn and it's gone. Perfect. It's like a two page subplot so of good. them fighting Magnus. Yeah. And then they go back and I'm like, that's, that's what I wanted for this. Instead of just being told like what I'm supposed to think about it. And this, you know? um, like that, that Claremont quote, uh, is something that I get real frustrated about with the movies. The original Dream Grey treatment did this where. They don't ever like they, they all of these people would want to zip to the Dark Phoenix. And I'm like, there's a period yep. in the comics that is pretty well established of her just being the Phoenix that is super interesting. Yes. Like it's and really important and and very important. Know? Like it's not just that she gets the power and then immediately goes completely fucking insane. Like there is there's she gets this power and she controls it and she tries to learn from it and she tries to and then she yes. eventually loses yes, control yes, yes. and like want to see all of that, too. Um, But. The president calls on the X phone. Um, they decide yes. they're going to go. I like the new outfits, like the team uniforms mm-hmm. and barrel fat. That's actually kind of like the new X Men run that we're going to be doing in mm-hmm. the. You said new Days of Future cast. I want to propose Days of Past cast just for to make it <laughs> make it super confusing. <laughs> days of Pastor cast. Uh, yeah, Days of Roster cast. Um, I like these as well. Uh, Mystique is really short. Like she is the team leader is in this new uh thing all the rest of the people are are regular x-men um the uh and mystique doesn't want to do this we can immediately tell and gene can immediately tell uh gene's like you don't like things as a good idea and she's like don't read my mind i didn't have to that's a real cliche i wish they hadn't done that um i've seen that a million times like i can just read your face uh but she's uh you know mystique says gene it's gonna be okay promise yes and they come up through the basketball court, which is a shot that for some reason always works for me in these movies. Like I don't, yeah, exactly. I just, it's yeah, burned yeah. into my brain, I guess. Um, and then yeah. we get to see like a montage of people across the world getting told via news channels that the X Men is going to come save these NASA people. And uh, I wonder somewhere if there's not a NASA guy that says y'all can build a fucking blackbird to go into space, and like I have to hear about it on the fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier. You know, this is my job, right? You Xavier. know, I design these things. We were at the same fundraising table two weeks ago, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your man? Who was your guy? Send yeah. him my way. Yeah. Just imagine people headhunting Beast. Jesus, it must you be know, constant, like, right? Solve, solve world hunger for me, Beast. Yeah. You yeah. know, like with your with your super jets and your, you know, mega tech. This is 1992. Fix AIDS, Beast. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Christ. Or the legacy virus. Or the Christ legacy virus. Brand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, um, the, uh, so yeah, that's, the, they're going off into space. I like that there are heroes. Like everyone is watching. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, we send in the X-Men. Um, again, I wanted to see that movie rather than having it immediately flipped around. We should go around the um, table here. and talk about the, the team. So we've got Mystique yeah. is the leader. Uh, we've got Hank, yep. who is also kind of the leader. Like he's the eldest. Um, there's a line yep. later that say that, that you know they're the end of the they're the last of the first class. I like that. I like that part a lot. I, I do too. Like we're the last two left. Um, you know, and it's like shit. Yeah, dude, that's true. yeah, yeah. It's been rough out there for yeah. me. Um, yeah. We also have Jean Grey, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Nightcrawler. Uh, we yep. have Storm, who does not get named in this <laughs> in this she's movie later oh, no she does later magneto goes help storm oh and that's, cool. that's the part where they say okay. her name but it, it's at the end it's at the train so it's 10 minutes before the end Jesus of the movie she Christ. gets named uh quicksilver is there and uh um, yep. and who am i missing there's one more uh no that, that's it okay cool uh yeah. so that's her uh, team oh. and uh they fly into mm-hmm. space and uh the first thing that they notice is the space shuttle is spinning out of control next to what has been described as like a supernova or a solar flare, excuse me, uh, but just looks like a weird alien CGI effect. I yeah, yeah. kind of hate the way that this looks. And no, no, no. The, the special effects in this first half of this uh, part are specifically super dodgy, mm-hmm. you know, and also make no sense. So, like, the thing is spinning, uh, which is great, right? Um, they're like Cyclops. Uh, you need to stop it from spinning. So Cyclops, like, he has a gun that he stick. He like sticks his face in a virtual boy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <It> makes a <laughs> gun. <laughs> Gary, this is amazing. I love this. And and everything I know about space is uh, <laughs> you just you have something spinning and there's no friction. Uh, just because you got rid of the source of it spinning doesn't make it stop spinning. Something will spin forever in space. Uh, it immediately slows down. Then they say Storm seal those cracks. Storm uses the space weather. Yep. Uh, you know those weather systems in space to uh, to seal the cracks with ice. And I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. Like, is this, this really the best you could do with this? Yeah. Like, all these power applications are really silly. Like, I like the space gun, even though I wanted to see them fight this Yar with it or something cool uh, with this. But also just like, man, is this a silly application of powers initially here? Um, and so they're going to go rescue everybody. Uh, Kurt and Quicksilver go. Yes. So Kurt takes Quicksilver yeah. over. Um, nobody is wearing helmets at this point, which I thought was kind of weird, even though in the, like in the next scene, like Quicksilver is going to duct tape him up a, a helmet. And I'm like, you guys don't have like X tanks with oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's X in the yeah, word oxygen. Y'all <laughs> yeah. you could yeah. just call it exogen, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he takes Kurt, Kurt takes Quicksilver over Quicksilver does his little Quicksilver stuff and gets them all over touching Kurt basically. And they, they mm-hmm. teleport over and save the day, except one of the people mentioned that their commander was not in the same place. He was trying to get something fixed. So uh, yep. Mystique says, fuck it, you done lost your ride. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. Uh, and yep. Xavier comes on the comms because he's connected to both NASA, ground control, and the X-Jet with Cerebro, which I find hilarious. Yeah, Cerebro does it. Um, no, but very good. But he just overrides her. He's like, no, Gene can hold that together. I know she can do it. Go yeah. no, we don't leave a man behind. And of course, there's this conversation. There's this like discussion of, you know, him of Mystique saying, "I no, like I, I can't. You're going to yeah, risk they, our lives. Like, what about our men? Like, what are we, what are we going to yes. do?" Um, and and yeah, what about our people? Xavier's like, "What about their people and stuff?" And this is actually pretty good. It makes sense because remember, Mystique was kind of a heel for a while, right? Like, Mystique is not necessarily on the saving humankind tip. Uh, she's on the unification path, but also, you know, she's been, she's flirted with villainy. Yes. Uh, several times throughout this, um, or at the very least, you know, being kind of a mutant rights activist. So it makes sense for her to be hesitant about this. 
but this this is good like this is xavier like taking this really big risk uh and saying yeah gene can just do it mm-hmm. um so gene uh gets teleported over there uh and starts using her power to telekinetically hold together the ship they have 60 seconds the uh, solar flare is going to hit um kurt comes back out uh but is not able to get gene in time because the the time ran out it took him too long to get this do the stuff um and the solar flare hits the ship um you know kurt comes back without gene and they get to watch the shuttle burn um the anomaly though rather than burning it is getting sucked into gene this is of course the phoenix force um she had shown a phoenix uh thing at the end of apocalypse that is how she beats apocalypse so, where, um, and then it just goes into space i guess sure yep no i think the idea is like she always had the potential that's why she got chosen you know by this they don't go into the I, i've always thought that the mysticism behind the phoenix force is dumb as hell yeah yeah like the idea like oh it chooses only the most powerful people like ah today i will have namor for lunch <laughs> you know that that kind of thing i've always thought is kind of dumb um i'm actually okay with this but i think that you know earlier when you were saying you wanted the the stretch where she's just phoenix and we get to see her controller powers mm-hmm. the stretch that we got was 30 seconds at the end of apocalypse yeah, yeah. and i wanted you know that I, was I supposed like to be a that. training montage like we got in the last me too of her like oh yeah. now i can set so shit on fire let's <laughs> what fun can i do with that totally um and and specifically speaking of just to get ex- you know hype for comics version of the show uh there's a really great scene about that when the phoenix force starts coming back in new x-men where she's like taking apart the watch mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and they handle that so beautifully. Like everyone else is worried and she's just like really confident about it. Um, I really love the way the Phoenix is handled. And that's one of my favorite Phoenix stories. Um, so, so Jean uh, absorbs all of the Phoenix force. Um, the ship explodes. Jean yep. is uh, now floating in space. Um, her, her, mm-hmm. her skin is going to have an effect that we're going to see throughout the movie, which is like, it's almost, uh, cracking open with flames underneath. Like rogue is touching us <laughs> a lot. Like rogue, like, almost, like yeah. a rogue is touching you in 19 or 2001. Um, yeah. Rogue veins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a disease. I yeah. need to get Hank. Um, come here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hank, give me the shot. Um, give me that shot. Kurt jumps over there, teleports, comes back. Uh, the first thing that she asks, which I think is extremely sweet is, is everybody okay? Um, yeah, and yeah. Of course, Scott is there, and he's like crying, and he's emotional. Everybody's a little freaked out about this whole thing, and yeah, nobody likes no. it. No, and yeah. interesting enough, like when they land at presumably Houston Air Force Base, uh, because they have a plane that works, and NASA doesn't. <laughs> 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 uh there's a giant crowd like almost a parade waiting for them and remarkably yeah. all of these all of these kids and all of these adults are holding up signs that are like yay mutants and like nightcrawler and we love eugene and go mystique and like yep. little girls are looking up to mystique and we kind of saw a little bit of that in apocalypse of people idolating it, mystique it was like mutant exactly girls. like it was like little mutants loved mystique but it wasn't now it's transitioned you know again i just wish we had been able to see that some yes, of that me too. you know and i also think this is an interesting status quo that lasts for like roughly 10 minutes. And it's, it's a thing that um, I would, I especially want to see how they got to, because at the end of apocalypse, he has destroyed Egypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like he is a real ass city got turned into a post-apocalyptic rebar. He's factory. killed billions uh, of mutants. people and they gave Magneto yeah, an island yeah. because of it. We're going to get into that later. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand any of how this timeline works and look it's an x-men movie timeline's gonna get fucked up yeah. i i'm not i'm not necessarily hating on it too bad i just sure. i do want to see it like they just skipped ahead to yeah. all of, like oh yeah we don't have to worry about them destroying half of you know anyway so yeah the the, the uh the the x-men are the ultimate fail sons <laughs> like they keep failing upwards uh so uh they get home uh that you know they're the they're the conquering heroes it is treated like that everyone who is on the mission is a little worried and shaken 
but all the kids at the school are really uh, happy. Uh, Xavier, again, you know, doing cool things with this pride storyline that doesn't pay off. Like, he's just like, you know, I'm so proud of yes. you. Like, basically, you know, I, I, or like, I've, I feel such pride. Like, he's taking a lot of credit for this. And also saying stuff you know, like, like, what we did today, you know, is. Yeah, what we did today. Is, exactly. is exactly what we did, what, what I created this school for, which was to create a peace between humans and mutants. And you can see, like, yeah. Mystique over there, and she's going to, she's going to blow him up in just a second of like, what the fuck did you put yeah. on the line for this? That you can say, we exactly. This? Like, you, you yep. hooked up to Cerebro to a telephone line, which even Hank said that like Cyclops can do. And then you call yeah. NASA. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You setting up the wireless for the mansion is not, <laughs> you know, it's not a heroic act. Um, you, you Skyping into NASA, the, the um, but it, it is good. And I, and for another thing, like I think kind of almost uniformly in this movie with a couple exceptions, the performances are really good. I think that uh, James McAvoy does a great yes. job in mm-hmm. this. I think this is one of his better Xavier's because he is, when he's coming off this pride stuff, like there's a line later uh, at this, uh, this uh, pretty soon at this dinner party thing that I think is hilarious, uh, but he sells it pretty well. Um, you know, so uh, the kids are really happy. Um, Jean, you know, is, seems like she's okay at this point. Uh, but, you know, Xavier says like, go check her out, uh, Hank. And then Raven follows him back to the room um, and she starts calling him out, you know, like you care about her about the fame. You care more about helping humans. Um, he makes a point that again, I think is kind of good. Uh, the, the movie is projecting him as an ultimate asshole. I think it's a little bit more nuanced than this. And I think they need to do more work to push him over into the deep end, but he's like, it's only going to take one bad day for them to totally turn on us, you know? And that's presented as it's presented as mystique being right. Like she wins the conversation. She's right. He's wrong. However, that's exactly what happens. Uh, one bad day and we're back to mutant containment centers and stuff like you know, people turn on them immediately. So he's kind of right. It's really, it's really weird what this movie is trying to communicate about Xavier's character and his like judgment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know? and I, and I think that there's something, there's something to this. They're just, don't, they're just kind of muddling around it a little bit. Yeah. They haven't done the yeah. work and they, and, and yeah, it's, it's just it's, like the next line yeah. too, where when she leaves and she goes, says something to the extent of like, by the way, the women save the men around here way more often than not. So you should consider changing the team to the ex women. And I'm like, we haven't really seen, we just saw Kurt save Gene. No, we just saw Quicksilver yeah. save everybody along with Kurt. And he's done it multiple we times. We saw storm. Like that's Quicksilver. We saw thing. storm defy physics okay. and create ice in space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which was definitely cool. Which is super cool. I don't uh, think it's, know, she ex- creates ex- ice <laughs> mostly in this movie, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I don't really think that they does. They, they don't earn this line. And I hate to say that about stuff. No. I really don't, but like it's, because I can almost see this being like a almost like a reaction to like the way that culture has has been over the last few years of we need more women writers and more women representation and things like that. And I could see them wanting to do this similar to the way Avengers Endgame did that whole like, like Avengers women team scene. And I'm like, yes. yeah, but none of these people actually know each other. Like none of them. No, no, which no. doesn't it, matter. It doesn't make any but sense. At the same time, like you're just using it because it's there. Uh, yeah, and that's what this kind of feels like. Yeah, they're they're a little off on, on all of this. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I completely understand exactly the the conflict you feel because you you want to not like be the reactionary asshole who is knocking down girl boss moments, you know, because it inarguably we need more of those. However, like I think that it is really important to be skeptical of uh, studios and properties like these gigantic uh, mega millions properties like attempting to co op that stuff. And that this doesn't pass the sniff test for it being actually like about that. Mm -hmm. Like there's not, um, and, and and from the, on every level, like the, um, the main, uh, the, the actress who plays the main alien villain, I can't remember her name right this second. Um, Jessica Chastain. 
uh, chose to, has never done a superhero movie, chose to do this one because it was a, you know, she's like, oh, I really like that it was about women. Like it was a women focused story. Is it? Like women do stuff in it, but their womanhood or women's issues or any kind of gender stuff like that is not really part of the story. Like the actual Dark Phoenix story is all about Jean, you know, coming to terms. Like there is a really strong, like reclaiming a sexuality element to that, like shrugging off oppression. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Element to that. Not in this though. So this line belongs to a different movie. We're going to get, we're going to have, we're going to run into the exact same thing later when Jessica Chastain confronts, uh, Jean Grey for the first time and says that says like, you know, these men have been holding you back. And I'm like, she's had the, the Phoenix force for like 10 seconds. And she yeah. <laughs> and she knocked out her boyfriend, into- fried her mentor's mind, and then ran away and almost blew up Magneto. Like he, she's yeah, killed a bunch of cops. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> she's she's not having a great weekend. Uh, and it's it's been it's happened right away, and it has nothing to do with these. Like you can do that story. The comics did that story. That story is a good one and worth telling. But don't tell me you're telling me that story. And and, and not to you know not to you know fucking Monday morning quarterback a movie or anything. But we talked about like wanting if they're going to make Xavier the bad guy, like I want him to actually like we, we run through this so fast. Like if he was blocking her power, which also blocked or blocking her memories, which also blocked this amazing, incredible cosmic force of a power. And then all of a sudden, like those start failing and she starts having these powers. Then like, yeah, there's your fucking held back about man story. Yeah. Like that's how you get into all of yes. that stuff, but they don't do that. It's a, it's a CGI well, from space. And then she goes on a, like yep. a, on a kind of a, <laughs> kind of a tantrum, which I get, I would go on a tantrum she, as well, yeah. but it's still a tantrum. Totally. Well, and also Xavier gets that big redemptive moment. Like for, for the villain, for that line to be meaningful or for this line to be meaningful, uh, it has to be correct. But the movie says, like, shows us this whole, like, the way that Jean gets talked down off the edge um, is by being reminded how good Charles Xavier actually is. And, like, as a story choice, to put those things, you know, to, to show that right now, it's like, oh, that's pretty frustrating that that's how she gets talked down. In the fiction of the movie, that is what happened, though. You know, he wasn't shitty. Yeah. Like, he, was, he made a, a minor mistake, uh, or a pretty major mistake, right? But it wasn't the kind of what the movie is trying to convince you was the mistake. He made a major mistake and you lied about it for over a decade and still, and like when somebody died, when one of his loved ones died because of that, like still didn't own up to the mistake. Like he's a shitty person in all of this, but like sucks. He's not, but he's not holding her back. He's not, he's not a misogynist, you know, like it's like, it has nothing to do with gender in this. Like you can make that movie and that is a big part of the comic story. But it's not part of this movie. And I want that movie. You like, know, if you put a movie out that totally. said that had X women yeah, on the yeah. title, I'd be like, you couldn't come up with anything better for a title than that. But also, yes, yeah. I would be there. Like, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. see it. But fucking, like, that Jubilee I, I think team, that I can't it, remember the actual, like, Jubilee was the leader of, of an X Men team for a while, and it was all chicks, and I was way into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that that is all really cool. I just don't think that's what this is. So when you run into a line like this, it feels like they are doing the same thing that, uh, that Avengers shot did, which is kind of. Uh, co-opting the language of girl power for points rather than actually making a work that says something about it. Uh, and that is something that is right to be skeptical about. You know, it, it does, it doesn't make you a reactionary asshole to see through something like that. Yes. I think. Uh, so, uh, we switch over to Jean getting her medical exam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hank, uh, says you're, you're perfectly healthy except for your genetics. Uh, Jean accidentally reads his mind. Uh, there and I love this little sign. You know, he's like, "Did you just read my mind without permission?" Like, there's an etiquette around that. I love it when there's yes, me too. You know, people talk about the etiquette of having psychics around. 
Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, your, your genetics are off the charts and that's, that's nonsense. Your genetics, like he's basically your genetic levels. Um, but it, it's basically her power. Like she's now a super mutant. Uh, and he says, you can go like you're, you're healthy other than that, but like, I'm going to have to work on making a bigger device, you know, a better, you know, different things to measure you now because something happened out there. Wait, Hank is just like four bad YouTube searches from like finding out about sex machines and starting to design those, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I need to find a bigger device to put inside <laughs> you. I mean, to measure your, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, uh, Hank, Hank's Google history is no good. <laughs> uh, Gene um, goes back to her room and meets up with Scott and, um, obviously wants to just bang one out real quick because she's got all this cool cosmic power. Yeah. And Scott's like, actually, baby, I think you might be hurt. So I can't do that. Um, so he, yeah. he can't really do anything right there. Um, the most mm-hmm. important thing here is, you know, I'm worried about you. And she says, don't worry, I'll always come back to you, uh, which is going to yeah. be a thing. And then we are introduced to our, I, oh, go ahead before we, well, th- this is a really, I think this is a really well-observed relationship moment, you know, where like trauma doesn't go away right away mm-hmm. uh, of things. Like she feels fine to her. It is okay. Like she's just happy and wants to celebrate life, but he cannot shake off. Like, Hey, I lost you. Like I thought you were gone. Like that feeling doesn't just immediately go away just because I didn't lose you. Yeah, I think I think that is like a, a well-observed little relationship moment. Also, and I, I forgot to bring this up, but uh, as they were on the plane headed to rescue all of the space shuttle people, all the astronauts, uh, there's a moment where everybody looks nervous and Scott just reaches up and like puts his hand on Gene's shoulder. And I thought that was such mm-hmm. a strong and very silent and quick way to be like, oh yeah, these two are together and like he wants to be her rock, right? Like that's what Scott, like it, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a character moment for both of them that, is really this good. is a good Scott, man. I, I really like, like this, this guy. This a, yeah, I actually really enjoy yeah, yeah, me this too. Scott. Like it's it's he's a little yeah. He's really like off the beaten path a little bit, but I, I kind of dig him, and he, mm-hmm. he's kind of a dork at the same time. So I'm pretty here for totally. It. Like he he's a, he's an absolute turbo nerd, mm-hmm. you know. But he's a sweet kid, which is a good Scott. Yes, you know. Um, and he still has a little bit of that uh uh you know Xavier's pet thing because there's a part later where he runs running into the xavier's office to say that somebody didn't show up to yeah, teach. I, love, I was gonna call that out i'm <laughs> like wow very, you fucking yeah, narc amazing. what is wrong with you, you fucking everybody narc. in your classroom is mad at you right now like i'm surprised Iceman lets yeah. you out the door <laughs> what are you doing yeah. <laughs> um so now um, we're introduced to our villains which are literally yeah. just three lights descending from space um we we yep. see a dinner party uh and then a dog starts barking jessica St- chastain you said Chastain. I've always said Chastain, so we're just going to have to agree to. I, you're probably right. Have to agree to disagree no. on that. No. Um, well, I said you're probably right. <laughs> no, <laughs> motherfucker. It's a land bridge moment. We're, we're, you disagree it. with me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start creating land bridges because it was so popular. Mercury Research showed that fight was popular, so we're going to try to reconstruct it <laughs> every episode. <laughs> yeah. Days of land bridge passed. Yeah. Um, so yeah. she goes out to check on the dog and gets taken over by what I call in my notes tree people. Um, these are like the the mm-hmm. Hiri or something, Denari, Denari. They're they're Denari. They're mucho Denari. Yeah. Uh, they they were scrolls before Captain Marvel came. Okay, out. like in the original draft of this, they were just going to make them scrolls. They're shape shifting aliens. It ends up being uh, extremely dumb that they're not scrolls. Uh, but they realize like, oh, we don't have the right to the, these now, and uh, this is too similar to Captain Marvel. Um, the Denari are from the comics. It is one of the, uh, planets that Phoenix destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Phoenix, uh, t- has taken out a bunch of planets. Um, so they have a reason to have revenge, but they are, uh, to call them not very developed would be an understatement. Um, these are very shitty villains. I yes. think, um, they um, take over, uh, they basically kill the humans and take over their bodies or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the, yep. Vuk, 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 Vuk. Vuk. 
um, who, when I looked yeah. up on the Marvel database, it looks nothing like Jessica Chastain. Um, <clears throat> she <laughs> has like some basic like matter manipulation powers. Uh, it is unclear to me if the rest of these people have those powers, and if they don't, then what the fuck are they doing? In the they last don't. 10 minutes well, they don't use yeah. them. <laughs> they don't definitely don't use yeah. them. But they're all like better. Yeah. They're superhuman strength. They can like fend off some small caliber bullet fire. Um, yeah. Um, and, and they're basically two T 1000s actually. That's what it feels like. Like yeah. in basically every way, you know, like in stringing off bullets and in shape shifting. Um, she comes back in, so the, she gets taken over. She comes back and kills the dinner party. Um, her matter manipulation power, she like takes this dude's like chest cavity and like twists mm-hmm. it. Uh, that looks really painful, uh, when that happens. Um, and then we switch back to the Xavier kids. Uh, they just did a big mission. So they are having uh, a party, yeah. like a, a drunken woods party, which is like kind of what I want to see from a, a high school setting. Like I want to see these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a real great cameo from Dazzler who's singing like modern 1990s pop music and also like dazzling the joint up, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, yep. I, I think a lot of people have issues with that Dazzler moment because of the music, but like, I kind of feel like that this is early 1990s bland ass pop music. And that's probably what she would be yeah, doing yeah. at that moment. Maybe I don't know. Like I, the, the one the one thing I don't like or don't really understand is why it's seventies Dazzler. Like why she's dressed up as disco. It was the nineties. Everybody you was know, dressing like, up in the seventies. Come on, Gary, get with the program. I, mean, I guess that's true. Like 20 year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That 70s show was, it was popular, man. In the Ash- everyone loved Ashton yeah. Kutcher. He's about to start pranked and then uh, everybody is going to get involved. Yeah. Everyone's like Fez, 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 Fez. Gene <laughs> uh, is yeah. guzzling whatever purple drink. Actually, I guess it's not drink yet because that, that's later. But uh, whatever, like, you know, juice, juice. that they have. Um, she's like, give me another one. And Scott's like, I'm not even done with mine. And she, you know, gulps his down. And is like, go Finishes for it. it. Uh, get two more. I, I, there's slave. this moment. Yeah, seriously. There's this moment where Cyclops like walks over to Storm and is like, "Hey, can I have some ice?" And I'm like, "Storm must be real fucking tired of this nah. particular party trick." Yeah, like he doesn't. I mean, you're, you're underselling it. He doesn't say, "Can I get some ice?" He goes, "Rocks." Yeah, and holds out the glass, and then she uses her her weather powers to create ice cubes. Uh, and it's so dumb. yeah. And I've seen the butterflies like, like so that I know that there's a community in like Nigeria that is now like a, a fucking dust bowl. Is <laughs> that a drought? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's just droughting left and right to make people drinks. Like, there's a podcast um, about yeah, like what happened to that. New Jersey, and the answer is storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The true crime uh, podcast that deals with storms, weather crimes. Um, so uh, the, we go back to the lab. Uh, Hank and Raven are talking. They're, they're just surveilling the party. This is weird. Um, right? Like, yeah, they, they're doing it the whole night. They're they're watching the heat signatures of all the people all night like, in case something goes there's bad. A, there's a there's an aspect to this that I can understand of like I the kids need to blow off steam, but they're a bunch of like horny mm-hmm. teenagers with superpowers. So we should probably keep an eye on. Yes. Them. But I kind of feel like like I've got a camera that when you walk by it, we'll turn on and record 12 seconds worth of footage. And then also like send me a thing yeah. on my phone. Hank has a plane that can go to the fucking moon. Like <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> we can figure out a way to monitor the kids better than stand in front of the thing and the bio in the medical lab and watch them. It's also like these people are in their like mid to late twenties. It's very weird. That they don't just go out there and hang out that too. Yeah. There's, I mean, and, and maybe know, because they're like the team leader or professors or something like maybe there's that division, yeah. but like, like Go out there and have fun with the kids. No, You're all in this together. No worries, kids. We're just going to watch you on infrared. Yeah. Like, go, go party. We're not going to come. We're just going to infrared you oh, we're, we're, I mean, we're definitely going to come <laughs> in the medical lab. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that, that could be part of what is going on, too. Because there is a little bit of addressing their romantic tension here. Um, Raven says, like, hey, listen, Charles has changed. The whole team is different. Hank is saying, yeah, it's different. We made it. Like, this is what we were trying to do. 
Like you, you cannot deal with the success. Like we, this is what we are trying to do. You have no idea how to handle the fact that we've done it. Um, she's like, no, I want to leave. Um, we cut over. We don't get resolution on that because it's going to get interrupted. To something here that, to me, the funniest moment of this movie. Um, Xavier is getting a speech, uh, getting a word from the president. I uh, hear him giving a speech, and his speech uh, has the line. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly. He's like, "Thank you, thank you. Really, all I've done is create a world where children aren't afraid to be different." <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking died in the theater. I like busted a gut, like laying in bed watching this on my phone. Really, when you think about it, all I have done. It's changed the world so that people are all accepted for who they are. So <laughs> like, fucking You know what Martin Luther King was trying to do? I did it. Really, all I've done is that. Don't take this award away. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, it's just, it's I so had a dream and the funny. FBI didn't assassinate me speech is what this is. Yeah, I had a dream and it came true. Yeah. I made my dreams come true. Suck it, MLK, is basically the content of this speech. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and there's also... I was losing um, it. There's a minute here where, uh, you know, Gene's going to freak out in the woods. Um, and yeah. he's, he senses that. And then... Like, and he's in like a handshake line because people are there to see him. And instead yeah. of being like, oh, excuse me, I, I have to go. He turns around and is like, everybody, I am no. leaving. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Xavier out. <laughs> like, come on. It's very funny. Again, like, I'm uh, here for, ego stuff with Xavier I'm here for Elvis good. Xavier. Like, if you're going to make him an egotistical yeah. fucking crazy person, let's do it. Um, and it just. It's very yeah, funny. Uh, you know, and even later, like the speech when uh, after the funeral is very funny, too. Like. You know, again, I think McAvoy does a good job with this. <laughs> so fucking slimy. Uh, yeah, it's, so Gene uh, wants to dance. Um, Scott gives her a code name, says, hey, the kids are calling you Phoenix. Um, and uh, she sees somebody playing with fire, which sets off her uh, freak out. She starts and she keeps saying, like, quiet, which is what she said when she caused the car yes. crash. Um, she freaks out uh, on the infrared cam. Raven and Hank uh, see this, see that she has a you know, really bright energy aura. And she explodes outwards um, in a cool effect, like knocks everyone down, knocks the trees down uh, here and then collapses. Uh, And Xavier feels it. Um, You know, again, Xavier out, drops the mic, uh, leaves with a crew of dudes. There's like, he has like three bodyguards walking behind his Congratulations, X Factor, the promotion. (laughs) 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 Who are these? This cameo. Uh, The important other bit here is that one of the uh, the Denari is watching. One of the Denari happened to be there. Why? Who fucking knows? I don't know. Like the way the Denari like find Gene during this is so fucking dumb. I didn't even pick up on this to be um, honest with you. So don't like, I didn't yeah. even see that this was happening. It's, it's the, is it the, the Lieutenant Denari? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Uh, the, the, the second command sees him. So, um, so Xavier gets back to the, to Cerebro. Um, and basically like he walks into Cerebro and tells, uh, Mystique and Hank that he can't get into Gene's mind. She's blocking him out. So he, he yep. has to crank it up. And I'm like, so you're basically going to use a fucking concrete hammer to get into this teenage girl's mind. Or this like 20 something year old's mind. Yeah. Um, and starts again, again, showing the ego. Like he's like, no, no, just pump it up. Yeah. Like I'll just do it. Um, like we got to get in there. And, and this, you know, I think this is actually kind of good. Like at, at first it doesn't make sense, but he's doing it because he doesn't want those, that scaffolding to go down. You know, like he knows that this is a, a shaky foundation. Um, and then once the cerebro thing happens, once they get into the mind, um, I love this because there, it's a visual representation and like Raven's like, is it supposed to look like this? You know, which I think is a really cool, like being weirded out by all this work that he's done mm-hmm. uh, in there. And, and also like his defense of like, well, you know, the mind is a fragile place. I had to, I had to do this. I had to protect her against trauma. And, and like, yeah. at this point, like Mystique's only lines for the next few minutes are Charles, what did you do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you were such she, a fucking weirdo, man. Did you do this to me? Is, is what I think that she's really yeah, asking. Exactly. 
it, it is really fucked up. Again, though, we needed to see more of the cause for this. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, we talked about her, like, destroying a town or being, I mean, she's very clearly dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Like, not to, you know, come off, like, you know, I am pro-gun control, unlike Charles Xavier. Like, she's very clearly dangerous, and also the trauma he's protecting her for was not his cause or anything. Like, it's, it's you know, stuff that would be really, really tough that an eight-year-old maybe doesn't need to know that her dad doesn't want her. Especially an eight-year-old that can kill people, you know, with her brain. Um, so I kind of get it. They, and I get they don't have the time to have this discussion. But just, you know, Raven continues, like, what did you do? What did you do? And then when we find out what he did, like, it does suck, and he should have brought it up with her sooner. Yes. You know, it sucks. But again, he's not wrong enough, I think. Like, he, it's, it's a mixed thing. He's wrong to do it the way he did it. But the the intention was sound. This, like, it made sense at the time. I hate, I hate. I think. You mentioned something when we were recording earlier about, like, being a cannon walk. Uh, just being, like, real into yeah. it. Does Mystique know that he mind-wiped Moira Matagrit, like, a couple of times? <laughs> i don't think so i don't think anybody really uh you know i don't know that uh she found that out I'm, seems like she would have a problem because i was it. sitting here thinking like something that we could really use right now is like a moira mctaggart character encouraging charles to no no don't don't just make her forget this like work with her through it like expose it yeah. to her gradually like figure that process out well man and then i was thinking dude, what exactly. moira mctaggart just got bindwifed by charles xavier so she's not a good example to go to totally <laughs> Well, if if she had been like, if she had uh, said that, because that's the thing too about this is that the the version of this in which he makes this as a rookie mistake, uh, only like he already did this mistake, you know, like he should have learned his lesson about doing this already. If this was the first time, like we, we you know what, like a, a good intro for this other than Jean Grey's, you know, or as part of the intro of this movie, the the cold open, in addition to Jean Grey's uh, uh, accident would have been to have him wrestle with this. Yes, absolutely. You know, maybe he does talk to some friends. Maybe he talks to Eric because, you know, that's, you know, that during that's a time when they're friends and Eric cautions against it, but he doesn't know another way out yeah. of it. Like, I can't think of anything else to do um, about this. Like, have him show him wrestling with it because his intentions are not shitty, but everyone treats him like he's just a straight up villain. And that's kind of where the movie gets confused and like later his intentions are pretty good and he probably saved lives by doing this thing that ended up being a shitty thing and there's there's a moment later after gene gray like has her public incident where they like on the news refer to it as the gene gray incident and this is kind of this reminded me of logan a little bit when they you know the incident they kept referring to that obviously killed all Mm -hmm. the x-men um but the the incident question isn't like that big of a deal i want to see like again her with the phoenix power as a kid going like just just losing control entirely to the point where he has to make this bad decision and then fucking wrestles with it forever and like keeps making maybe the wrong decision of hiding it from her over and over and over again to the point that yeah you are actually a bad person for doing that like now you have trapped her way way more internal yeah way more internal life from him Mm -hmm. you know like maybe he's wrestling with it maybe he keeps uh not reckoning with it because you know what's really hard to do is like tell somebody you did something like oh, that. Oh, hundred percent. Like that is that is a that is a cool like character beat for him where it's like, I know that I should come clean about this. It is too hard to. So I'm gonna keep putting it off. Oh the world needs us. It's never the right time. You know, that is a that is a cool, sensible movie and a relatable thing that there's just not time for. 
You have to get to the fucking Denari. Yeah, yeah we. You know, I don't like, even think we're halfway through this movie yet. Like we're. <laughs> no, no, exactly. This is this is our our uh, one parter uh, aspirations might be uh, ambitious for this, but let's we'll get to do. There's a lot to talk about though because yeah, no, I, what could have been is really interesting and good in this movie. And I, th- I think that's one of the reasons I like this movie is because it's a good jumping off place of discussing the X Men in general and like talking about mm-hmm. some of the like ethical and moral issues around having these kinds of powers and what you should do if they're totally. if you're, if your friend is Xavier, like you kind of have a moral responsibility to help, help help that dude be a good person, right? Like like that's that's yeah. that's an, a moral imperative yeah. for you. If you guys like we're we're on the same fucking football team in high school, and you find out he has telekinetic powers, you're like, oh, actually, like maybe you shouldn't Any- do this. I think about this all the time with anybody who has like real life power. Yeah. Like if right? you're friends like, with, why doesn't Jeff Bezos have any friends? Yeah, exactly. Who are like, Hey man, you don't need to make $60 billion a minute. You know, like maybe this is yeah. shitty, you know? And, and what, what actually happens is people select self-select and get friends, push away friends that do stuff like that. Right. Like the first person to tell Jeff Bezos, maybe you don't need this insane wealth. Won't be Jeff Bezos, his friend anymore, but show that right. Like maybe show, uh, after the events of apocalypse, uh, before Magneto gets his island, Magneto comes and teaches at the school for a while. Cool little Easter egg for continuity wonks like myself. Uh, and Magneto is saying that to him. Like, he's telling him the truths he doesn't want to hear. And then Xavier fires him. Sure. You know, Xavier says, I just got off the off my X-Phone with the president. Uh, we've got an island. We named it Genosha. I hope you already like it. Um, I just took a DNA go test. There. Turns out I'm X-Bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, but but have him have him push away the people that are that are telling him this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that, that, that brings dis- up a little while, but he gets to make pushed in line. Continually making like that yeah. decision over and over again is something that we're missing from this because this is he did it yes. and then it just it sat there until it wasn't and then that's it. Like, yeah, if you're gonna make him, and then bad, it becomes a bomb. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really like a missed potential. I would have loved to have seen him. You know systematically eliminate from his life. Like Moria is telling him not to do this. And then her services are no longer needed, you know, a couple weeks later. Um, that is really subtle and cool. And like, I think would have been a really great kind of arc for him. Um, instead though, uh, he's in there. Uh, Raven's asking him what you, what do you do? Uh, Gene wakes up. Uh, Xavier is like, pump up the volume, turn up more Cerebro. And she's saying, get out of my head, uh, here. Um, but she, uh, is finding all these things are broken down and she realizes, uh, no, like, Oh, I hurt my father. Um, I killed my mother. I hurt my father and my father's still alive. Uh, and then kicks Xavier out of his head and he collapses. Um, Scott somehow knows about this. I find this uh, real. runs into he the room. He was watching from the camera yeah. in, the, in the medical lab. Yeah, he was infrariding her <laughs> while she sleeps. I got one hand in and my then, pocket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he runs in and and she's like, "Hey, I gotta go." Because uh, I I love this moment. There's a moment where because when she exploded, yeah. uh, he she blasted everybody around him. And, and like Scott is wounded. Scott has like a bruise on his face, yeah. and she collapses and is like oh my god i can't believe i did that to you and he's like it's nothing it doesn't mean anything and she's like of course it means something like i i lost control and i hurt the this person that i love and that's a that's a hugely poignant thing of like somebody realizing that the power that they that they use irresponsibly and i Mm -hmm. it's it's a very quick thing and it just kind of makes me believe that the scott gene relationship is probably one of the best we've ever seen in these movies so yeah all all of it's really good like they're they're uh you know their chemistry is really good um you know, he's, she's like, I'm going to go see my father. And he's like, no, no, I mean, okay, you know, but you, you shouldn't, I'm really worried about you. Um, and he, he wants to come along or stop her and she's like, I'll hurt you. And he's like, I don't care. 
you know, I don't believe you will. And she's like, yeah, but I do. And she like puts him to sleep. Like, it's a really great, you know, it's good. Um, she leaves, uh, Xavier wakes up and says like, you know, Jean's woken up. She is all of, all of her negative emotions, all of her desire and rage and pain, uh, have, uh, come up and she is now changing. Yes. Um, Scott wakes up and, and says like, oh, she's gone to see her dad. Uh, so they get ready to go. Like we have to go head her off before she finds out, you know, it's like, what is she going to find there? And he's like, nothing good. And, you know, he knows that her dad is an absolute shit heel. We go back over to, uh, oh. Buke, uh, who is meeting up with other mm-hmm. of the Debonari or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and they're basically like, oh yeah, this power we've been looking for is inside a, a girl and you know, we, we got to go get it so we can have this planet. I'm like, okay, cool. That's the villain motivation. Let's do yep. that. Yep. They're going to destroy the planet. Cool. We go back to Jean who um, has arrived at this like kind of shitty neighborhood. Um, and she knocks on the door mm-hmm. Her dad answers, does not recognize her. He looks like kind of a, like an alcoholic mess, right? Like he looks like it's his day off from his shitty job and he's been just drinking Budweiser forties all day. Uh, and they, it eventually he's like, Oh shit, it's Gene. Um, we go over to the jet where they're flying over and Raven's trying to question Charles some more. And he's like, he, all he's saying is like, I was, I was, I had to protect Gene. I had to protect Gene. Um, yeah. Jean, in the meantime, is is kind of overwhelmed and being in her own house. She's like walking around looking at pictures. Yeah. She's uh like looking at pictures of her mom. Her dad, notably, like I I thought this was a really weird and well done scene because her dad, because at the t- as of this exact moment, you don't actually know what went down between them. Like mm-hmm. all you know is that her yeah. dad is alive and that Xavier took her for some reason. But well, her dad looks terrified. The, the- the the cadence of it with with the way the movie is trying to make us feel with Raven accusing Charles makes it seem like oh maybe Charles made her uh, forget and her dad actually wanted maybe Charles made her dad forget you know maybe Charles just took Jean you know and that would be a movie like oh she's really powerful and I think I need her tactically for my team or something right mm-hmm. you know but we don't know that he is a shit heel and I think he does a really good performance I think this like little character actor guy uh, is generally very good because he's really scared. I think uh, Sophie Turner's performance in this is really good too, because it's a reunion with the only family she has left. Of course, that is a lot of big feelings, you know, um, but she ends up getting set off. Uh, you know, the, the, it's a great little, little bits of dialogue. Like she, she's like, you know, do you want, he says, do you want anything to, something to drink or something to eat? She says no. And he goes, I'm going to go get you some water. Like he just needs to leave. The he room. can't even be in the same room with, you her. know, yeah, because he, he yep. knows what he did and presumably has been yeah. watching. Well, he also knows TV. what she did. Yeah. Yeah, he also knows that she does. Like, he's traumatized by this as well. Like, it's a real pain kind of thing. He's a shit heel, you know, so he knows what he did, but also he knows that she yeah. did. Like, his fear is real. Um, all of this stuff is pretty relatable and understandable. And then when she accuses him and says, you know, there's all these pictures of mom here, but there's no pictures of me. You never came to look for me. Why didn't you look for me? Like, she begins yeah. to turn angry, and then he matches that yeah. anger, which is, which is like, yeah, really, yeah. like, realistic. I know we're talking about, like mutants and all this stuff but like he matches the anger he's like if you want to know what actually happened like look into my fucking mind like relive the moment like yeah, I do yeah, every yeah. single day and she does we get we go to a flashback and except for this time when we see the crash a lot yep. of it is from his perspective which i've kind of appreciated just as a small like they had to film yep. those extra scenes to do that which i kind of dug um and mm-hmm. that's when she realizes like all of the stuff like he basically could just said like i can't she's she's too different she, i can't control her like you, you got to take her and savior's like yeah i'll do it i'll, I'll take i'll take your i'll take yeah. your daughter um this is also like when they're having this this escalation of anger where she's like i was eight years old yes. you know like everybody's got like again part of the reason why i think that this is an above average x-men movie even though it has all those problems is that uh this isn't dumb like both of the the sides of this have kind of a point yes. 
you know, like everyone's emotions are realistic and, and well-reasoned and understandable in this scenario. Except for the character um, named Vuk. <laughs> yeah, Vuk is, uh, is problematic. Other than Vuk, uh, we're, we're all pretty human. You know, it's a human scale. This movie did not need Vuk. It really didn't. Like, you know, like, I, you know, they need something to tempt Gene into the dark side is what the reason why they do that. Um, I think that that, uh, with some repurposing could have been Magneto. I think that, uh, that could also have just been Jean falling into it on her own because of the force. I mean, she's about to kill Misty. Like that could be just literally like that. That was the thing that sent her over. Absolutely. And, like that's what sends yep. her to the dark side. And like, we just don't need any of this other alien bullshit. But anyway. Yeah. Um, they, they just needed soldiers for them to fight at the end because superhero movies. So they, the house, um, be- the house begins yeah. to shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how shakes dad's like, Hey, stop that. And she's like, it's not me. It's them. And she leaves. I love the disgust in her voice. Like. You know, as she, as she leaves, she knows they're coming. Um, and they, uh, she puts her dad to sleep, goes outside. The team showed up in full uniform. This is an X-Men mission. Like this is fucking dangerous. You know, uh, we have to do this. And it's our first big action scene, uh, of the movie. This kind of reminded me of um, like one of the very few good things we got out of X-Men evolution, which was Cyclops asking like, why are we training to fight rogue? If we're trying to also, erode, yeah, like, yeah. The X-Men showing up in full uniform along with fucking <laughs> Xavier Steve Jobs outfit uh, is <laughs> um, like it's it's such a choice. Right. And it's such a like you're right. It's yeah. dangerous. Like they don't know what she's capable of. And obviously they're she's capable of a lot more than they thought. But showing up in a full uniform like this is a fucking mission like sets a tone. And I. I think yeah. Jean reacts to that tone. Like she comes out pissed. She comes out swinging. And I think they, they do that. Like, I don't know that Xavier yeah. did this on purpose, but it, if, if he didn't, it's a huge oversight. De-escalate. Yeah, exactly. De-escalate. Yeah. Don't yeah. escalate this up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, so they make their, she, uh, he makes his appeal. She's not hearing it. Xavier weaponizes their relationship with Scott, which I think is one of the real douchey things he does. He's like, Scott, you know, go in there and say, say your piece. Uh, you know, so Scott walks up and just says, Hey, like, come back to us. We can help you. Uh, she's too pissed. She's not mad at Scott at this point, but she is not coming back, you know? And at this point I was like, you don't have a contract with the X-Men or anything like Xavier, you know, this is at will employment. You know, you don't own her, (laughs) you know, what is the, what are the grounds on which you're taking her in? You know? Um, and the cops show up because of course they do like a jet just landed in suburbia or whatever. And she begins uh, and, to lose control yeah. and basically, you know, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. And then just starts flipping cops cars over when she loses control. Yeah. And then all hell goes loose. Uh, this is maybe one of my favorite fight scenes in the X-Men. Movie this is really good. Um, yeah. Like the very first thing that happens is Kurt tries to go in and grab her and like, they keep teleporting throughout her house. Um, and yep. this ends in a real clever, like she slams two books together, two bookshelves together mm-hmm. He's in the middle of them, but teleports like directly in front of them. So he's closer to her. And then she just drops a bunch of debris directly on top of him because he didn't really expect that. Yeah. Um, She's just throwing. Yeah. Stuff, and, and, and just you know, her like, because we haven't really we saw the the stuff in the shuttle, but like her acceleration of power. We saw a little bit of this in Apocalypse, a little bit of this on the shuttle. But now she just seems like, holy shit, what can't she do? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then she blows out of the, the house. And I man especially after apocalypse where we talked at length about why i didn't like that quicksilver scene when everything slowed down and i was like oh god cue like the whatever like are we about to hear fucking blink 182 or something like what are they gonna i would swallow my pride i would choke on the rind would leave me ashes inside i was just ex- swallow my down I, I just was just expecting the worst and like he starts doing this i'm going to run to you Except she matches him and just blows him the fuck away. Uh, in fact, well, it hits she, him so hard that he's actually really movie. great. 
Well, she doesn't hit him. Like, uh, this is actually great. Like, so he uh, starts running up. And I, I actually like this because as much as that character never really got tons of development and never will, you know, this is this is the good version of Quicksilver. I really like this version, uh, even though, like, I agree that it is a little winky and annoying when these scenes happen. But Quicksilver is very overconfident and yes. arrogant. Uh, that is his character in the comics. He thinks he can just handle this because he can do anything. Uh, so he starts running up this debris to her to just kind of tackle her. But she's got the Phoenix Force. He's running at super speed and she just removes, like just kind of waves her hand and removes two of the steps that he's running yeah. on. So he misses and he's going at such speed that he hits the ground and is just like a fucking cannonball. You know, he's just like rolling across the ground like he was ejected at top speed. Except he is extremely vulnerable while blasting. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm extremely vulnerable while blasting. Cool. Um, so he, uh, he falls and scrapes himself and gets really fucked mm -hmm. up. But the idea that like, if he's running on something, you know, he's running on literally things that are floating in air, you know, which he's done a million times and he's just very arrogant about if he misses one of those, like, yeah, he's going to get really fucked up, you know, um, really, really good stuff. Like is is a cool action, a little bit cool powers, uh, getting shown and subverted. Yeah, like the idea of yeah. like the consequences of your mutant power and also just gene again, Jean's power is just extraordinary at this point. And it's, it's driven yeah. home. Like, storm does her second trick it's not ice it's lightning this time yeah. and she like shoots a lightning bolt yeah. and says the word lightning bolt uh in that exact tone yeah. that you're thinking in your head when i say lightning yeah. bolt <laughs> uh and and she just yeah. and gene just like with a wave of her hand just redirects it into a house and it explodes and yep. i just like what, yep. what uh, like that's not telekinesis anymore dog what are you doing <laughs> like this is crazy yeah, yeah. Like, what, what 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 do you have inside of you it's it's not matter. And here's another, you know, to Xavier mistake. Like, I, I know I've come out hard swinging defending Xavier in this movie, and I'm really not, you know, because he fucks up a lot uh, during it. I just wanted the movie to be more about it, um, where Hank is going to shoot her with a uh, tranquilizer dart. Yes. And the, the implication is this will probably start. This will probably work. Right. Like, she's distracted at the moment. Xavier says no and doesn't just say no. He freezes uh, Beast, freezes the cops that are about to start shooting her. And says, like, Raven, you know, go ahead and take a chance. Raven's going to try to talk her down uh, at this point. And she tries. And, you know, this yeah. is, as much as I have uh, said negative things about Jennifer Lawrence's performance as Mystique and throughout all of these movies, I think she does a reasonably good job here. Um, like, mm -hmm. I think this is like a... When she's taking the right tap. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this, like, hey, we're your family. We actually care about you. Like, she's not coming in uh trying to shoot lightning at her uh, <laughs> like, i'm going to run you know, at supersonic speeds at you <laughs> I, i'm your friend yeah um like she could she could turn into scott she could turn into her mom like she could have done something sure, really fucked yeah. up and deceptive and just kind of comes up to her as a friend uh but gene has one of her explosions and knocks raven into uh some stakes and gets her impaled yes uh and gene is immediately horrified at what she did uh, Xavier is yeah. like so astonished he can't even move. Uh, when when he lets go of yeah. time or whatever this is, this power is called. Uh, he Hank realizes what's happening and immediately runs over. Yeah, uh, there's a very uh, that guy's performance. I can't remember that guy's name. The guy who plays Beast. That guy's performance in this movie is really good too. I think. Yeah, I um, some of the transformation he, effects I think take away from it sometimes. Like when he gets real mad yes. and he gets he turns into Beast. I'm like, okay, whatever. But like this stuff as and there's a the scene later with him and and Xavier particularly. Yeah, that. Yeah, um, but great. he runs over and she like kind of whispers that he loves her, and as she whispers that she loves him, as as she's like gasping for breath because this has penetrated her lungs. Yeah, and I think this is these are good performances all around. Like this is a good death scene. Agreed. Um, and yep. I absolutely, I was not surprised that they removed Jennifer Lawrence or Mystique so quickly in this movie, but I kind of see why they did it. 
Um, and it makes it kind of gives a catalyst to all of the things that are going to happen, even though I don't really like some of the things that happen two, because yeah, of this. Two minutes too late or two movies too late. I wish they had <laughs> you know, removed her in first 20 minutes of days of future uh, past, you know, instead, but you know, here we are. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really like her in these movies and I think she's weird in this movie because she's reacting to a plot that isn't in the movie, but uh, it is a, a touching death. And it was the one character that the most characters have a connection to. Like this needs to catalyze Xavier beast and Magneto. And this was the only character that can do it. Yes. You know, if Quicksilver had said that Magneto was, uh, you know, his father, maybe that would have worked. But as such, we never got that payoff. Um, so the team, uh, she just flies off, as we mentioned. The team flies back. Um, and they're, everything's fucked up. They're, Quicksilver has been seriously wounded. He's on a stretcher. They're carrying him out. Raven is dead. Uh, Beast is carrying her. And they go to the funeral. Um, it's raining. And Xavier is giving like a kind of pat eulogy. Uh, I have this. I have things to say about this uh, because uh, like when my mom passed away, they we went to the funeral and I, I had nothing to do with the funeral arrangements. I wasn't living in the state at the time, so like my sister and my stepdad took care of all of this stuff. And apparently, they the guy that came up to speak and do like the the, the, the whatever duties this is, like he was a friend of my mom's and knew her real well, like all of that stuff. Uh, but he got up there and just talked about like nonstop Christianity bullshit. Like, I think he mentioned my yep. mom once or twice. And, like, I remember sitting there, like, standing there in this, like, weird shirt that I don't wear. <laughs> like, and just thinking, like, who are you talking mm. about right now? Because you're not talking about the person that I knew. And when they, when, as Xavier's talking, they flash to Hank. Like, I may be just projecting this onto him. But, like, Hank looks exactly yeah. the same way of, like, you're not talking about anything. You're saying that she died because of the fucking X-Men. And that's not true. She died because you put her in there. Like that's the look on his face. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's powerful. And, and it's it's emotional to me. Really, really. Again, the, there are emotional beats in this movie that are really believable. Like I had a very similar experience at my mother's funeral, where like it was not about my mom. You know, they they got they got somebody to talk. Um, it was impersonal and cold. Uh, even the people who were friends who came up and said things, like I got so mad um about it like there was one uh one of uh her friends was like you know i was out back uh you know having a cigarette and stuff and i saw uh these these uh these doves like fly by and i just think that's you know her or something and i'm like man like i hate this <laughs> yeah, like fuck you uh, you know like there there's <laughs> yeah there, there was like uh somebody um one of the like one of the most profoundly frustrating thing that's ever happened to me uh, i mean that's an exaggeration but there's somebody who i used to be friends with um in kind of middle school uh this girl uh, who came to the funeral, uh, which you would think would be like good or, you know, or nice or kind of thoughtful, but like centered herself in a way that is amazing to me. Um, so like, uh, hit on my friend who was there, uh, for me, then tried to hit him up for like job contacts. Then when it was like, if anyone wants to speak and she didn't, you know, she knew my mom from back when we were in like eighth grade, but like did not really, really know her, but then like really felt like it was her, her turn to speak, you know? And it was like, Jesus. Oh, I just, you know, I just, you know, I just think about uh, the the way she laughed and she would light up a room and stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, is said at funerals. But you, this is not you do not have a personal relationship with this this person. And it is obscene for you to be doing this. Yeah. Like, how are you that kind of person? Um, and the, the whole thing, like there were a, I had a surprising amount of like, it was a very emotionally complicated experience on all levels, of course. But I had a, a surprising amount of anger. Like I never would have predicted that anger would be a big part of that experience, but frustration for bullshit, like people who were not, uh, uh, I mean, I guess like, you know, and, and if I'm trying to be fair, like people who are not mourning correctly, mm -hmm. 
Like that girl who did that was shitty. My mom's friend who saw it said she saw the doves is irritating to me, but it's not, I don't think they meant poorly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I was so, I was so mad at it because I was like, there's nothing to say about this. This is just the fucking worst thing in the world. Um, you know, shut up and cry, you know, is basically what I wanted out of the well, room. There's, a, there's an aspect of like, uh, she know. wasn't yours. Like, right. Like, like she wasn't yours. And that's, and that's, yeah, yeah. and that's how that's all of those weird, complicated guilt and anger that she feels when someone passes. And my mom passed away pretty suddenly. Yeah. Like I, there was like basically no advance notice whatsoever. And so like, you feel like you were robbed from all of that additional time. And Oh God, I feel guilt yeah. because I live 13 hours away in a different state and I don't come home often and all of this other bullshit. So it's, it's, all of that stuff gets wrapped up and then you have some Yahoo come out there and talking. And this happens at the wake, especially people come up to you yeah. and are like, Oh, you know, I remember like, and telling you their stories about your mom. You're like, I don't fucking care about your stories with my mom. Yeah. Wh- who is this? Yeah. For? Yeah. Like, like if- the idea, I very distinctly, the first like funeral I went to, uh, as a, like old enough to really conceptualize, you know, my funeral was, uh, and it was, it was fairly old at this point because I, I guess in, in a way, I guess I'm lucky. Uh, but the, uh, my friend Austin, who is my, my best friend growing up, uh, his father died like pretty young. His father died at 50 and went to that funeral. And I remember Austin being in a receiving line and he's uh, just, you know, crying, like just standing there crying while a successive, uh, like a series of old white dudes who knew his dad were coming by and telling him anecdotes to his face. And he's not responding. Like he's not, it's not a conversation. He is just a receptacle for them to say the anecdote. And at that point I was like, Oh, uh, you know, Funerals are not for the people who are most aggrieved. Is this just for the community or something? Is what is the social function of this? Uh, and I was so I was super mad at it. And I was like, you know, that you know, if it comes up to me, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stand there and be in a receiving line uh, for people. And I wasn't, but it didn't mean that I didn't have to deal with that energy yeah. of just people who barely knew this person getting theirs out because now it's my time to shine rather than shutting the fuck up and then absolutely you know? <laughs> do not just, know you like regardless of how much they know that yeah. person absolutely don't know you and that's like the that's yeah. and like people who assume that they know you because they knew you 20 fucking years ago or something is the worst too totally like oh i remember and, when and you they, and your mom did help. this and this and this and i'm like I, that's, yeah. that's good too man i remember totally different things <laughs> none yeah. of which also, none of which also, maybe i'm you, not by the way <laughs> maybe now is not the time to like go down memory lane like in, if i'm being absolutely as 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 charitable as i possibly can they are trying to help. However, like that is, you know, the need to try to help something is, can be a selfish act, you know, like wanting to, uh, to give or feeling the need to absolve yourself or have something to do can be a, t- a taking action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, not having, you know, all these people who are in their fifties or sixties, uh, not understanding this at that point in their life, uh, was just like infuriating. Like, how do you not, how can you not read the room uh, at this point? Like, that was, man, what a fucking shitty experience that is. Like, you know. I'm dreading it, dude. Good uh, Lord. This is going to sound, this yeah, is yeah. going to sound like weirdly selfish and introspective, not introspective, but weirdly selfish. But, uh, like if my, if it, if, will you stop talking about this? You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we move on? This is going to sound really selfish. Uh, I got somewhere to be, so can you shut up and talk about X-Men for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about this all the time. Like if, and if my dad, not if, but like when my dad passes, like that dude knows hundreds of people in his like industry. Right. Which I am also now a yeah. part of. Uh, and I am just dreading like the four hours of people telling me funny and not so funny anecdotes about dude. my dad at, at, at whatever we're going to do for a funeral. And I'm like, it's just going to be the most miserable thing. Not, and 
that's beside the point of my father be passing away. Like that's going to be a totally exactly. different aspect to it. That is just, it's not even like, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to do it, but like, it's just, it's just a miserable fucking experience. And it's like, you got to do it. Well, you shouldn't have exactly. to do it. You shouldn't have to give anything in that moment. Like the idea that you have to be there for other people crazy is ridiculous. to me. And like, if you, and it would like, be yeah. weird if I didn't show up. Right. And that's the expectation. Totally. Of funerals. Um, Autumn and I talk about this a lot. Like when we first got married, you know, people in my family would pass away and I'd be like, all right, we got to go to the funeral. And she's like, I don't want to go to a funeral. And it was, it was really difficult for a while, like until we figured it out. And, you know, Autumn has issues with funerals. So now I just don't make her go. She doesn't know the people. Like, why am I doing this? But it was such a social obligation as a child that I felt like, oh, this is what adults do. They go to every single funeral and like, this is, this is what, this is what you do. And it's not, it's not what you have to do. You can literally do anything. You can just change what your podcast covers. You can just do that. (laughs) Like nobody's, nobody's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. whole fucked I up. I don't thing. uh Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, it's really fucked up. We need to change expectations around those those kind of things, yeah. I think. And I've read you know? like all of that stuff that you're hearing in my voice, I've read in Hank's face in this scene. And again, a hundred percent no, that could be me just projecting stuff. Um Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, uh funerals. Uh on that Funerals. Note. <laughs> Not good, everybody. <laughs> Not good. Um this is a good pretty good place to cut it. We had hope to just do this in one. Um, but we've been recording for a while and it's getting late uh, and we have some things to do. So we're going to actually make this a two-parter. Um, we, uh, we're we still going to come back with the comics after this, but uh, this is, you know, we should know that X-Men movies are, are two-parters. Especially something like this um, where and we this have one, a lot of emotion, emotional feelings about. So. Yeah, there's a lot to say. I, I care so much about Vuck. I just, I just I, you know, when it comes to Vuck, I just. We haven't know. even really got into the emotional turmoil that she's experiencing, you know, as a woman. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I've got empathy poisoning now from, from thinking about my mom's funeral that now I care about Vuck. Um, the, <laughs> so uh, thanks everybody for listening yes. to this. Uh, we will be back with the second part of Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, soon. And after that, we will be back with Grant Morrison's new X-Men yep. run. And if you like us, patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV is the place to go to support us directly. Every little bit helps. Um, if you are already a patron, thank you so much. We very much appreciate it. And um, if you have some suggestions for us for your favorite or least favorite comic book arts, uh, throw them at our Twitter. Um, we talk, oh, yeah. talk about them. In the- I collected a thousand. Of yeah. Those. Yeah. So, Did you see yes, my, my thread yeah, about that? Yeah, I, I retweeted like that original and I got like four or five responses myself. Yeah. So like we have, we have a ton that we're going to be working off of, but like give us an impassioned plea, like convince us, sell us on your favorite arc and we'll, we'll listen. So um, yeah. yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Thank you. Boom. Awesome.